Okay, so cheers. Um, I would like to start this episode with something that is not in our working document, and it just made me think oh, of it oh. right as it was happening. So Uh-oh. I have recently been for- informed that there's a thing called a millennial pause. Have you guys heard of this? Yes. I have heard okay. of it. Remind Can- me what it is, though. So the millennial pause is like, I'm not on TikTok, but apparently there's a thing, and I just did it just now, where when the camera starts rolling, you hesitate for a second before you start talking. And on TikTok, all the younger people, like, you start talking immediately. Like, you're maybe already talking before the camera starts rolling. So it's this hesitation of, like, is it on? That we all do. (laughs) And now I'm so embarrassed. So now I'm immediately like, oh, I just did it. You're, like, all insecure. I don't think that's something to be embarrassed about. But it's, it makes me feel old because it's like the millennial pause, no, you know? I, I will always be okay with being a little bit uncomfortable being on film. I okay. don't ever want to be so comfortable yeah. being on film that I'm like not, you know, being human. Well, isn't Good. it because yes. I've heard that it's because like our actual technology, like back when we were like in high school and college first with cell phones and stuff, like there, you used to have to wait because there was a lag. And so mm-hmm. I, I've heard that it's because that's just how we learned to use video on our phones. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah totally but that's makes sense. not the case anymore. I also I'm think just... it works at the end of videos too. Like you pause like the... and then you stop. Where you like get really close to the screen and you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But on the it's TikTok, like, okay, grandma. <laughs> it, they just like cut off. They have no interest in like finishing uh-huh. their sentence or whatever. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. Oh goodness. It really so is. Many things hardwired into our DNA, <laughs> depending on what generation we're in. I know. I, I know. didn't even realize that was a thing, but now I can't unhear it. So that's cool. Um, cheers, though. I guess we cheers. should re cheers. Yeah. I cheers with the wrong glass earlier, so I'm glad oh, we did okay. a redo. We did it. Yeah, we did a do over. What are you guys drinking? Yeah. Whiskey. 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 What do you have, Allie? I have tea. Hot tea. Hot okay. tea. All right. All right. What's in the big cup? Water? Water. I have a Finnish long drink today. Have you guys heard of this? It's no. like a, it's basically like alcoholic fresca. I'm not sure if I love it, but it's very crispy and refreshing. So I like the, they have like a cherry seven up version too. I think it's cranberry, but it tastes like cherry seven up. And I got the regular like grapefruity one today and it's pretty bitter so i'm not loving it huh but i'll I've drink never it heard of that. <laughs> if it's in your glass or if it's in your cup you'll drink it i've committed i have yeah. committed so let's start by talking about what have we learned lately and what questions does it raise for us who wants to go first Ooh, I uh, have learned nothing since we last recorded, so I'm going to have to go based on what y'all have learned. Please enlighten me. I'm just surviving. Allie, you have anything? I'm just surviving, y'all. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not necessarily in a bad way, but I'm, like, just getting through the day. So I'm, like, heads down every day, not really reflecting much right now. Okay. Um, one thing I saw recently, and it's not an, even a new video, but it was a video on um, the bear and this concept of, well, there's a couple different things in the video, but we can link it in the show notes if somebody's curious about it. But basically, it's from the Nerd Rider, who's one of my favorite YouTubers, and basically he's talking about the reason that the bear is so compelling to watch is because the story the people building the story really understand this difference between eustress, which is good stress, and then distress, which is bad stress. And then like kind of creating these really intense moments of high tension and high stress, and then contrasting it or like kind of foiling it against these very like soft, tender moments where there's like quiet conversation and people are talking to each other as human beings and it's not stressful and it's very open and vulnerable. And so, For people who've watched the show, especially season two, that's the most recent one, you are probably very familiar with what we're talking about. But I want to talk about this concept of good stress versus bad stress, and then also this concept of tenderness, because I hadn't really thought about either in a long time, and I think that it's super relevant to every human being. We probably all have these kinds of stress in our lives. Um, So I want to start by asking, like, what is a... 
What is a good example in your own life of eustress, so the good stress, and then also distress? And how do you, like, how do you identify them, and then how do you counteract them? That's, that's really hard. I feel like my initial gut reaction is that I experience a lot of eustress, like, in work situations. Like, okay. it's, a, it's a good tension. Like, it's a good mm -hmm. stress because may not feel like it in the moment but it's always like leads to a better outcome or some type of growth mm -hmm. um so it's stress yeah. with a positive outcome basically stress yeah. where you're where you're getting a reward at the end getting or a reward like getting through it yeah or like yeah stress just because it's uncomfortable not necessarily because I'm like stressed about something bad's gonna happen if that makes Got sense it. Yeah, yeah that totally makes sense what yeah, about this, oh go ahead this video is so interesting to me because i feel like the word stress typically carries a negative connotation mm -hmm. even though we know that like there are moments like you said of tension or pressure or discomfort that are for a good reason or they're perceived as positive um but i had never heard of the term you stress before i'd yeah. watched that video and seeing it juxtaposed in the cases of the the scenes from the bear i could see it clear as day how they're different yeah. Um, for, I, I would probably echo work. I'd probably echo work as a, as a eustress thing. Um, I would also probably say like exercise. Mm, like that's a good one. Yeah. Discipline around like health and self care. Cause that stuff doesn't come easily to me. So it mm -hmm. is, it's, I don't want to say it's like tense, but it's definitely not comfortable to remember to go to the gym or to hold myself accountable at the end of the day or even at the gym, like high intensity workouts are stressful on the body. But then you walk out and you're like, hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's probably a, something good. And I think your stuff with Second City too. That's a really Ooh, stressful yeah. environment that you put yourself in, but you come out of it and you're like, I did it. I yeah. made it through. Yeah. I think it's anything funny you say that's. That. You can go ahead, I never thought about. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. That's a really good example. Yeah, because mm -hmm. you're, like, purposefully inserting yourself into that stressful situation with the end goal of, like, improving yourself and, like, being very deliberate about, this makes me uncomfortable, I'm going to work on this. So, yeah, I think that that's a super good example. Yeah. Nice job. I'm trying I, to think of one of – go ahead. I'm trying to think of one of my own life. I still don't – I'm struggling, so go ahead. I was just going to say, I thought it was super interesting how it talked about, um, like your body does, like you as the viewer are experiencing a type of stress, watching them be stressed out, but your mm -hmm. body doesn't know that you know, any dip, that there's no difference. Like your body mm -hmm. thinks that you're actually in the situation and that you're actually stressed out. I just thought that was so yeah. interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's, <sighs> go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was watching the video and I was like, this is why I haven't watched season two yet. Because uh, it, yeah, it's, it's very stressful. It's intense. Like mm -hmm. I just haven't set aside enough emotional space <laughs> to go on yeah. that journey. And like, you obviously know it's a TV show. You're not in the middle of it. Um, but yeah. I yeah. will say I did not find season two as stressful because I think like it talked about, it was all those I think yeah. was, I just made it so much better, added so much dimension. Yeah, it really did. And I never, once I saw it through that lens, I was like, oh, wow, that really does. I think it, it really heightens the viewer's sense of emotional intelligence too, to hear it in that way, to say like, this is good stress, this is bad stress. And then if you take that lens and put it on your own life, you're like, ooh, do I, am I living in pure distress or am I putting myself in stressful situations where there's positive outcomes from it, like the second city thing or exercise or whatever? Or is it just pure chaos all the time? Your nervous system is on high alert, whatever. Like, I feel like that's a really, that's good language to have around something that's kind of ambiguous and we don't really, we don't talk about it a lot, but I felt like that was good framework for looking at different things. I think for me, like I talked about auditioning for Mary Poppins. It's the same type of thing, like inserting yourself into situations where you feel uncomfortable and then just kind of being like, it's a learning experience. It is what it is. Um, I can't think of anything super recent, 
But to kind of transition to the second part of this, the idea of tenderness, again, like that's kind of one of those words that for me feels a little gross. I don't know Mm -hmm. why. I don't know why that's a little gross to me, but I think this concept of like tenderness and vulnerability and softness, those are all things that I really personally struggle with because I like to have a lot of walls up and boundaries as a person. And so again, this was another thing that I like a lens that I put on my own life. And I was like, do I have this in my life? And I was kind of like, it's really kind of lacking across the board. I don't have a lot of that. And so then that kind of got me thinking about why is that? And like, how can I work on that? And things like that. So I'm curious, like, what did it make you think about this whole concept of tenderness? How did you guys, when you watched the video, what did it make you think of? Um, tenderness, I don't love that word either. I, I yeah. It's probably a play on, like, meat tenderness. <laughs> right? <laughs> I feel like that, that is partially because it's like a restaurant setting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. My marriage sometimes can be, like, eh, like a safe t- tender space. I don't, <laughs> why is it so cringy? Like, I why is it so hard so to talk about? I think are you asking of... or are you agreeing? No, I'm asking. To, to Krista, do you agree yeah, with us like, that you don't like that word or are you just asking why we find it cringy? No, like it does feel like it feels almost embarrassing to say it. Like it does. So many words. I feel like so many words that have like, um, these like soft emotional connotations like they all feel so cringy and i don't understand why that is but this is definitely i don't one either of those. I, I think it's just the word tender that i don't love okay. um but like when i was looking especially the scene of the guy who does the pastry is next to the guy who used to be in where the millers yes who's oh, yeah. just magically really hot now yeah. <laughs> um that scene like that didn't i didn't see that and i was like oh that's so tender I saw that and I was like, they're just chilling, being real, like vulnerable, yeah. kind, um, and safe. So like, that's yes. what I think about in terms of tenderness is like moments of like safety and vulnerability and kindness. So in, if I'm looking at it through that lens, like I think in just the chaos of life, my marriage is probably one of those places of refuge. Um, but all in all, I wouldn't say it's a normal interaction, like part of my day-to-day interaction with with other people yeah Hmm. it's hard it's hard to be open and soft and vulnerable because it opens your it feels like a weakness and I think it's part I think it's partially cringy because it feels like one of those like hallmark movie type words like oh this is so tender and I think for me the hesitation is like "Mm, I don't want that like I don't want to open myself up to that I don't want to cry I don't want to feel upset unnecessarily like I don't want to I don't want to open myself up to that so it seems like a self-protection thing but Yeah, I was thinking about this in the context of my own life and outside of a few friendships, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a a whole lot of it. So it's something I've been thinking about. Um, My brain's probably working on it in the background, but I'm like, "Mm, that really kind of flipped a trigger for me. So I don't, I don't know what that's about, but it's got me thinking. So I just wanted to talk about that and see what you guys, if that was just like a weird me reaction or if that's something else that you guys were experiencing too, but it does seem like it's generally kind of one of those things that's a little strangely uncomfortable. It does feel uncomfortable, but I do like what you brought up, Allie, about how like, it doesn't only have to be in the context of like romantic Mm -hmm. softness or whatever, because yeah, I feel like kindness is maybe, kindness is maybe a better word to mean the same thing, Mm -hmm. seems like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. in which case I think our answers would be different. Don't you think? Like, I feel like we're all kind people and have moments of kindness. Like, would you say that's true? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like for me, it goes a step beyond kindness. It's a a real vulnerability to like saying Mm -hmm. things that maybe you would filter otherwise or keep to yourself Mm -hmm. or like, it seems a step beyond. It seems like, Maybe a dynamic you'd have with a grandparent or if you have a really good relationship with your parents, um, there's probably like, I I feel like it's like a sweetness, like an -hmm. ability to just be totally open and candid and not second guess yourself. And I feel like I can't get out of my own way enough to do that. So it's a me problem, but I'm like, why is that? What's, 
what's getting in the way there? Why am I having such a hard time with that? So it's interesting. I think it's scary. It is. It is scary. It is. Yeah. It's a risky thing to open yourself up like that. I think um, I've. You can go ahead, Ellie. It's interesting that you said like romantic scenarios versus not, because I feel like the one person I am fully unfiltered with is Austin. And in, in any other setting, if it was like the sweet, like, miss, I get like itchy. If it's with like my parents or like friends, sometimes I'm like, don't compliment me or like, ah, don't mm. be too sweet. Like, I, not that I'm not like secretly loving it, but it's, that, it's like that level of vulnerability that I'm like, God, this is so uncomfortable. Yes. But that doesn't necessarily apply to like mine and Austin's relationship, maybe because we see each other every day. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I thought about it through a romantic barrier. Like you've made it past that uncomfortable barrier. (laughs) It's interesting because I feel like having that like unfiltered, I don't know. I don't know what word to use, whatever. Vulnerability, sweetness, whatever you want to call it. Um, I feel like that comes naturally to me only because like it helps me like I, I, I'm even that way at work, like with some of my closer coworkers, because it helps me communicate better because otherwise, like I'm not a super like polished person. I'm not going to be the person who's like always saying the right things or is going to be super like, I don't know. I, I just, it helps me to be like, this is what I'm feeling right now. Like you can like it or not, but like, this is what I'm feeling. This is how, like what I would like to see from you in this given situation. Like, can we just be honest and like go forward from there? Like it just helps me so much to be direct in no matter the circumstance, whether it's romantic, whether it's work, whether it's friendship, like that just I feel like it comes naturally to me because that's like the only real way I know how to communicate and yeah it's not always ideal but and I do have to learn a balance of like when to show that and when not to but I don't know it helps me communicate better I think yeah I think that I am probably the opposite of that I feel like my default mode is like very businessy very closed off emotionless direct but like not in an emotion first way very much in a like problem solving way like don't let anybody get too close to you just get done get things done that need to be done be efficient don't make it personal blah 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 so it's very like the opposite of that in every way right yeah (laughs) so it's hard for me but I saw this video and I was like this is, I don't like this. I don't like this. I, why do I not like this so much? And then it had me thinking down this whole thing, which is why I wanted to talk about it. Cause it like really set me off to the point where I was like, am I doing, am I like being a human wrong? Am I doing it wrong? It made me question everything. So yeah. Yeah. I'm still reeling. Yeah. I think the, something else that was interesting to me about the video was, and maybe I misperceived like his um, like thesis, but that tenderness. It's Moments of like tenderness or kindness or softness or whatever are the anecdote, an- anecdote to stress. And mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen I, that doesn't work for me. Really? I, I feel like for me, I guess I'm talking more about the distress, like the negative stress. Like I feel fully responsible responsible for that and I feel like I'm the only one who can fix that or relieve that or counteract it or whatever mm-hmm. um like obviously my like if we're talking about my relationship with Austin definitely provides like a reprieve it doesn't solve the stress for me it doesn't mm. like it's not like the antidote um yeah or the solution or whatever you want to say to me, it's like, this is me. I, it's either a self-care thing or a boundary thing or a mindset thing. And, like, mm, yeah. I am fully responsible for solving this. So right. I didn't relate to that part of the video. I do think, obviously, it helps, like, lessen the stress. Just yeah. Just doesn't fix it. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe I miss maybe I misheard his like thesis no, about think, the show. No, no, no. I think that that's true. I think I don't think that anybody else can like fill those holes for you. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something you kind of have to look inward and figure out. Yeah. But I think um, sometimes it's easy to default to, oh, I need to go talk to my person and like mm-hmm. they'll help me figure it out. Um, I think that that is where a lot of people stop and they don't go further to be like, okay, I talked to that person, I got through it, but like, what does this? What does this mean for me long term? And so I think that you've gotten to that point where you're like, okay, yes, this is this makes me feel more comfortable. It helps me sort through things, but um, like long term, how do I work on this? And that's mm-hmm. always an internal thing. I think too, it comes into play with like conflict because I just feel like anytime, like I'll keep using work as an example, but anytime there's like a situation at work and everybody is heightened and stressed out and stuff, like I feel like I've always gotten good results or reactions just by like coming to them in that like softer or like showing them some kind of tenderness in those moments. And it just immediately diffuses the situation. Like, mm-hmm. then then we can both level out and, okay, now we can have an actual conversation. Like, I feel like that I usually experience it in those ways as well. Like, it's just such a good way to approach any type of conflict. Um, I don't know. I think that's another big way that I tend to use it myself and, like, really appreciate it. Like, if you just come to me in that way, like, it just immediately puts us on equal footing, I feel like. Yeah. I think that makes sense. That's, like, a superpower. Yeah. I think that's, like, a very empathetic approach to interpersonal communications, um, which clearly is not my my strong suit. And I watched (laughs) that video, and I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) I should work on that. Um, But speaking of interpersonal communications, the next thing I want to talk about is... So I keep seeing all these articles that talk about how people are moving off of social media or using social media less and moving more into like private group chats, whether it's through text or whatever. Um, It's kind of becoming these little like information hubs of groups of friends or connections or whatever. Are you guys seeing this? Are you experiencing it in your own lives with your own friend groups and family members and stuff where people are going into group chats and then that's how everybody Mm -hmm. stays in touch? Yes and no. I mean, I definitely have several different group chats with different groups of friends or whoever. Um, But I wouldn't say that I'm spending more time there versus social media. Like, I don't think it's an either or thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I have a number of group chats and like family chats. It's more circumstantial or surrounding like an event or a situation or sometimes there's general chatter, but I don't think it's replacing social media in that I like send a picture of like what I'm doing (laughs) or uh, share an update or something. Yeah. That seems, that seems exhausting to me. I don't really love group chats. Like it's always easier to go one to like many if you have to share something, but to, to keep up a conversation on a stage with like 10 people, it feels not that social media is fundamentally any different, but texting always feels so much more personal. Mm hmm. Definitely more personal. I think that I use them more as like in the group chats, I can say what I actually want to (laughs) say and like send the stuff that I can't post on social media. So I Mm. feel like it's definitely an in addition to thing. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like so I have a group of friends that are a little bit older than me. They're about 10 years older. And that group of friends very much communicates through the group, group chat because they're on social media, but they don't use it a ton. And so if I want to, like, pose a question to the group, that's 100% the place to do it. The downside of that is, like, Twitter, if you want to be up to date on the conversation, you have to read the whole backlog, which is exhausting. Yeah. yeah. And so I wish that there was some way to kind of get snippets or cliff notes of, like, what's been said to catch up quickly and be able to hop in. And I think that that's one of the big issues that I see with this kind of transition of like, okay, yes, it's a way to communicate with a small group of people in a mass context, but it's also like a very heavy lift. So again, I don't, I don't think social media is what it used to be, but I'm curious to see what this next iteration of how people will communicate with each other will be. And I, I just saw this article and I thought, hmm, that's kind of interesting. I wonder if, if they're seeing that too. 
Hmm. Yeah, I feel like I've seen chatter about that, like, oh, small communities or like small groups are the next iteration uh, of social media. But I, I don't think I've seen a lot of actual adoption or maybe I'm just not in the loop. But yeah, it'll yeah. be interesting. Um, so what else is happening in the world? Let's talk about what's happening in the world. What are we seeing in the world right now? I threw a couple things on here, things I saw um, over the weekend. I used to play volleyball in high school, and I was on a club team, so every time there's volleyball-related news, I get excited. But Nebraska's team set the world record for women, women's attendance at a women's sports event with oh, 92,003 wow. people. I don't know if it was those three that tipped it over the edge, but I was pretty, (laughs) pretty blown away. 92,000 people. Like if anybody even close to that was watching. For any women's sport event? Yeah. Yeah. Global world record for women's sports. Yeah. That's not crazy. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. And volleyball of all things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Who yeah. knew? No, not knocking volleyball, but just like, I don't know, you would think it would be soccer or something mm-hmm. that gets more visibility. I don't know. Do we yeah. have any information about why this event in particular yeah. was so well attended? Um, apparently, it's, it was like volleyball day in Nebraska, and they've been NCAA champs five times over. So I think oh. it's already like oh. a pretty popular program in the area. Um, okay. But... Yeah, they played at Memorial Stadium, which I believe is where the Huskers play. Um, okay. So I, I think it just turned out to be a full game. Nice. That's great. I love to hear that. I know. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like the last women's sports. Oh, it was a soccer game. Oh. In 2022, okay. 91,648. So just, just yeah. went pretty right close. over. Yeah, pretty yeah. close. And then I also saw that the Golden Bachelor cast was revealed, which I know we were dying Mm -hmm. in our previous episode to talk about that. All the women are between 60 and 75, and they all are so beautiful. Yeah, I'm Um, so gorgeous. Scrolling through their pictures now. Um, I'm so glad that they are all in this actual age range. I was scared that it was going to be like, I don't know women in their 30s and 40s because isn't he like what did we see he's like 70 something he's 71 right okay yeah okay yeah i'm like weirdly excited about this (laughs) this has been missing i feel like from the mass media reality tv space i feel like yeah this age demographic has been wildly neglected and Sure, we had 80 for Brady, but that's that's not it. That's and that's only one. So, this is super interesting. I'm I might have to watch it. I don't even typically watch shows like this, but I am so curious to see how people from this generation interact in an environment like this. I know. Because it feels It's going to be so good. Weird. It feels really weird. I'm just so it's got I think it's going to be so refreshing because I mean, the past probably 10 seasons of Bachelor, Bachelorette, it's just like people who want to be social media influencers and they're Mm -hmm. all the exact same type of person. They all Mm -hmm. look exactly the same. And I'm just so excited to see, like, I just don't think any of these women are going to be there to be the next social media influencer. And it's going to be probably a lot more genuine, a lot more real, which I'm really excited about. What do you all think the drama is going to look like? I don't know, know. because these people have, like, real-life experience. I know. They're at a point in their life where they've seen shit. And so how is this going to – I know. Like, how is this going to transform into entertainment? Are they all just going to be extremely (laughs) reasonable and it's going to be boring as hell? But I don't know. I feel feel like once you're in this – once you're, like, in your 60s, you also, like – have zero fucks to give about anything. Right. So I no feel time like, for nonsense. Yeah. So I just feel like you're gonna be calling people out when they're being stupid. You're not gonna be taking people's bullshit. Like I think they're just gonna be really like no nonsense and hmm. vocal about like any bullshit that happens. I think- I hope so. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with these women's bios. 
this this one girl is a pro aging coach. This other wow, girl sign me up. has like multiple grandkids and just looks phenomenal. Um, Good for her. This one, Krista, you'll love her. April loves dancing to Taylor Swift, watching Bridgerton, and playing with her two dogs. <laughs> Your girl. Speaking we of Taylor Swift. So well, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of T Swift. Speaking of Taylor Swift, Krista, take us away on this next one. Resident um, Taylor Swift expert. So I woke up this morning to some great news, which is that the Era Tour is coming to the big screen to a theater near you. Um, <laughs> Wait, am I frozen again? No. no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Two non-Swifties are just like, okay, here we go. And meanwhile, it's... you're like literally filming a trailer for the movie. Coming to a screen near you. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm so excited. I don't know how she did it because basically she filmed her L.A. shows, which were the beginning of August, like a few weeks ago. And now it's already a tour, like a live tour movie or whatever you want to call it. I don't know how they edited that fast. Her team never sleeps. But, um, but yeah, it's coming to the big screen. I think it did like $10 million already today in pre-sales. Wow. Um, I think like a million of that was probably me. I bought, <laughs> I, I bought two days just in case because you had to like get in and get out there was like a the amc website was like too high traffic you had to wait in a queue to even buy the movie tickets which is insane um but yeah and i think i saw that the there's this big new like blumhouse exorcist movie coming out and they had to move they moved their premiere date because they didn't want to hilarious because they were like "Mm, just don't even try yeah wow so yeah so krista can you explain to us like what is the draw to i mean i get it it's taylor swift do you think it's but i'm wondering like what is the impetus for people being so excited about it do you think it's that people who went to the tour want to experience it again and like relive it or is it like people who didn't get to go and they're like oh now i can feel like i'm there do you think it's a mix of those things i think it's all of the above i think that you can kind of like see that this is a very it's just like a this kind of tour has never happened before it's like the biggest deal of all the tours whatever and (laughs) i think that yeah people who have gone they want to go again and the tickets are insane and yeah you this is like the only way that you can experience it again i feel like and then there are so many people who didn't get to go at all so yeah they want to experience it too um and then i think you'll have this weird third subset of people who are like curious like maybe they didn't want to go to the live show but they want to see what all the fuss is about you know Mm -hmm. um so i think there's probably a bit of that as well um but yeah i don't know and it all whatever is happening it worked because i like watched the trailer i saw it right when i woke up and i watched it and immediately i was just like hopped up on adrenaline felt like i had done cocaine and (laughs) i like immediately purchased a floor seat ticket to new orleans for october 2024 so i feel like there's also like people are gonna just be buying like dying for tickets a year from now too so i don't know she just is a witch and a cult leader and whatever she does it works can't explain it I, I gotta say though the timing from a marketing standpoint I'm putting five dollars in the jar to say this I mean an, the timing of like announcing it now it comes in two weeks perfect because well, I feel like she could have announced it a month you know with a month until it came out and this is just like it captures so much of that excitement of like the tour is still happening and yes I feel like so smart yeah well so it does actually come out a month from now October mm. Um, but I mean, but, like keeping it a short window. But the timing is, I'm sure she knew she was going to do this. But it's like she just wrapped the U.S. leg, and now the U, like the movie's coming out only in the U.S. So, um, so yeah, she's like gonna keep the tour going even without being here, which is insane. Um, so smart. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very, very so curious to see how much money it makes because if it did 10 million 
just in pre-sales, like not even in 24 hours. I just can't even imagine yeah. what the actual final number is going to be. But crazy. I don't know. I don't know what she does. I can't explain it, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's working. working. Yeah. It's, it's really wild. working. It's just wild. So what are we watching, reading, enjoying right now? You put a moody playlist on here, didn't you? Yeah. I did. I was really having a sad girl day earlier this week, and I, I, there's a John Lennon song that I really like, and I went to Google and I typed in what are songs that sound like this one song, and this album came out. It's by a band called Loving, um, and the, the album is called If I'm Only My Thoughts, which is something I think about a lot anyways, and it's just a very – it's like an easy listening. Like, you could be working and listen to it. I feel like it sounds – to me, it sounds like the sound of leaves falling. It just is perfect for fall. It's very relaxing. Um, it's not loud or anything. So I've been, I've got that one on repeat right now. What about you guys? Mm. Mm. Still so, primarily just reading. Yeah. What are you reading? Um, well, have you guys heard of Rebecca Yaros? She wrote The Fourth yes. Wing. I haven't read that yet. It's kind of taken like book talk or book talk on Instagram by storm because I'm not on TikTok. Um, it's not on Kindle Unlimited, so I haven't read it yet, but I probably will buy it because it's within that whole like fantasy realm that I like. But I was reading some of her other novels and she released one this year called In the Likely Event. And it's definitely still in like the romance realm. But it's, I don't know, it just feels like there's so much more substance to the books. And there's usually a military theme, which I really appreciate because she does it, I think, to honor some other folks in her family who have served and my brothers in the army. So it just, I don't know, I really like her books. I like her reading or her writing and the way that she like incorporates different themes. Um, she wrote this other book called The Last Letter and I finished it the other morning and I was bawling. Like Aww. actually like racking sobs bawling oh no it was like that it was like good and you know different emotions that you feel throughout the book but i won't give anything what's the what's the tldr of like what's the book about the last letter yeah Mm -hmm. why did you why are you crying so hard um there's just different like things i I feel like i'll give it i'll give like the specs away for anybody listening but um the female main character has twins one of them gets diagnosed with cancer um, and then the male main character served with the female main character's brother and then the brother passes. So there's just like all these different things that happen that I think she's definitely intentionally writing them in, right? For like mm-hmm. different um, emotional poles, but she's just very good. Nice. Kind of gives like coho vibes, but better because I'm not okay. like a massive coho fan. I do like, I, I've liked some, some books in her um, Yeah docket but it makes me want to read the fourth wing and then i think the iron flame the second book's coming out here in like a couple months so yeah. i really Coho like finding colleen hoover for anyone who's not understanding yeah. what we're talking about colleen hoover i don't know about you all but i love finding like one or two authors and then just like reading everything they've written like yes. it's like that feeling of like holy shit that. look how much i have left to read is like yeah mm-hmm. it's like starting a show with nine seasons you're like i'm in i'm in it absolutely that <laughs> that's where i'm at right now yeah with who that's where i'm so this is an author called Jen Began. I think that's how you say it. I initially read her book um, called Big Swiss, and it is not for everyone. It is a weird little book. She is kind of one of those darkly funny writers where you're ba- it's, it's kind of a, it's a book about nothing, right? So it's episodic, it's, it's character-driven, it's not plot-driven. And so if you like The Bell Jar, if you like Sylvia Plath, it's the same thing. It's basically you're spending time with the author and they're letting you into their brain and what they're thinking day to day as they're going through life and like how they see the world and their true inner monologue. And so I've been reading um, Pretend I'm Dead and (laughs) – hilarious name – Pretend I'm Dead and Vacuum in the Dark. I think it's based on her real-life experiences of being a – like a – cleaning professional i'm not sure what yours it's not a maid she's not a maid but she's like she cleans people's houses and it's the same story written two different ways so you can there's pieces in each of the book where you can see she's toying with different ways of like building characters and Mm. um integrating different pieces of the story but again it's not really a story it's very much just about this quirky narrator who is giving you a peek inside their brain and it's 
again, it's a pretty dark story. It's it's not a super fun read, but it, it does have some of that dark comedy to it that if you liked Bad Sisters or anything kind of in that category of, this is kind of grim, but it's funny, it's very yeah. much that. And I'm super enjoying it. Nice. Bad Sisters is yeah. one of my faves. What about you, So Krista? maybe I should read it. Maybe. Um, so... I put something on here, but it's kind of a cheat because I haven't actually read it yet. But I pre-ordered this book. <laughs> Allie's shaking her head. I pre-ordered it's this book called Pride and Prejudice in Pittsburgh. And it is, it's like a lesbian rom-com, um, but it also has like elements of time travel. And it's like Ooh. half a period piece. Um, so I'm super excited to read it because I, I anything good. like time travel-y I'm very into. Um, but I hope that it's good because I feel like I've tried to read like lesbian stuff in the past and it's just all, it's like, I don't know. I feel like the writing is always lacking a bit and the stories aren't, I don't know. It just feels like a little cheesy, like even cheesy for a cheesy rom-com. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping that it's actually good. So we'll see. Yeah. I'll keep you updated. We'll have to follow yeah. up on that one. I put yeah. it in my writing. cart. Ooh. Okay, okay. I saw Pride and Prejudice, and then I also saw Pittsburgh, and I was like, it's meant to be. I, I figured you this. would be, yeah, I figured Double you would whammy. be into the Pride and Prejudice <laughs> aspect. 100%. Okay, lightning round questions. So this first one is one that I saw on Twitter. I'm not entirely sure what it means, but... Let's give it a whirl. So the question is, what could someone do to microdose being you? And I'll tell you what I took this to mean. I took it to mean as like, if somebody could do one thing, do an activity to experience kind of like what it feels like to be you as a human being, or if they could like pop into a book, or if there's some little thing that they could take just a quick peek into and be like, oh yeah, like that's me, what would it be? So do you, what do you think? Do you have answers for that one? I do have an answer immediately. Okay. Um, okay. So my mine... said go to a Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a little bit. It's no, it's like the opposite of that. Um, okay. If you if you basically a fall a fall evening in the '60s, let's say uh, degrees, not the decades. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> The weather is in the low 60s. You have a nice uh, bonfire going. Got a glass of whiskey. Uh, You're just outside, probably by yourself, just enjoying your best life. I think that's probably, you could do that. And that is like me at my happiest. Just like being outside, nice fire, good weather, good drink. God, Krista, you're so well-adjusted. I hear that answer, and I'm like, that could not be me. That is not what it feels like to be me. But, Allie, you go next. I'll go last. I I perceived this question as, like, like, when I saw the phrase microdose, I was like, if someone did something for, like, an hour to just get Mm -hmm. a glimpse, which is similar to how you answered, Krista. But what came to mind for me was to read my notes app. Oh, interesting. Because my every thought, list, reminder, idea, um, like all my like login stuff, like stuff like that is all in there. Um, And I think it would be a good representation of of like unfiltered me or like what it's like within my head. Yeah. Mm. So that's what came to mind. Yeah. That's a good one. See, and I took it even a slightly a little bit different. So I took mm-hmm. like a physical in-body experience. So I was like, okay, first things first, drink eight cups of coffee, <laughs> get really <laughs> hyper, and then force yourself to sit down and like try to read a book. That's what it feels like to be me. Mm. Constantly just being at like level 100 and trying to do something that's like level 10. That's what it feels okay. like to be me. Okay. okay. Yeah. I like that we all interpreted it a little bit different. I know, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was good. That was a good one. Okay, question two. Um, What's a quote, song, or meme that's living rent-free in your head right now? I have my answer, but I went first last time. (laughs) Okay, Allie, you go. Mine is always the damn Target lady, Kristen Wiig. (laughs) Oh! So good. 
Like, every how did she get I in get... your brain? How did that happen? Oh, I am just, I love SNL. That's just will always live in my brain. But every time I get like awkwardly excited about things, especially with work and like remote work, I'm always just like, yes. And everyone's like, what's that? <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. Don't <laughs> worry about target it. target lady. You'll get the, oh my you'll God. Get the whole thing. So yeah, good. It's a good one. Mine. It's a good one. Classic. Um, I think for me, um, there's a song that I, I keep listening to. It's by uh, this girl. I think she goes by Bully. Well, I know she goes by Bully. That's how I found her on Spotify. But there's this song called Miss America. And it sound again, it's a fall sounding song to me. It's a new artist that I just discovered. And I, it's, I feel like it's so rare that I find somebody new that I'm not just con- I'm always listening to the same stuff over and over. So she's new to me. Um, and it sounds like um, she would have been on tour with, like, all of the music from 90s, like, 10 Things I Hate About You. She has that very, mm. like, 90s, grungy, um, kind of, like, powerful female indie rock voice. And I just, I'm loving the song, Miss America. So that's been, I've listened to it probably 50 times in the last oh, week. Dang. It's right. a good one. Yeah. I love that. Um, mine is, so... On this week's Armchair Expert, which I listened to religiously, um, Tig Notaro was on it, the comedian, if you've ever heard of her. But mm-hmm. she told a story about her and her wife that is one of my favorite stories, but I had forgotten it. And so I've been thinking about it ever since she told it. But basically, the TLDR is um, she met her to-be wife, when they were working on some show and they like quickly hit it off. Um, they really liked each other, but the girl was straight at the time and had only dated men. And so they, um, uh, they were like making out and stuff. They were having their little thing, but then Stephanie ended up, uh, emailing her this like super long weepy email about like, we can't be together. I like you so much. I have such a good time with you, but I'm straight. I think we need to call it off. We can't be together. Um, went on and on and on. And then Tig just replies with, okay, Dyke. And <laughs> that is the only thing that she said. Please don't cancel me for saying that. It's part of the story. <laughs> it's part but of the story. <laughs> she just chooses to reply with those two words. And Stephanie is immediately like, okay, actually, I like really like this person because that was really hilarious. Yeah, the and, magic two words. God, who now, knew? <laughs> And now they're married with two kids, and it's, yeah, it's just such a hilarious story and, like, the perfect response to an email like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that, I've been thinking about that story all week because it just cracks me up. I'm going to have to listen to that one because I started also listening to that podcast. And it's sometimes good, like, food for thought for this podcast, too. So I'm mm-hmm. going to have to listen oh, to totally. that. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's a good comfort listen. It is. It's reliably good. It's reliably mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so final lightning round question. If you could ask future you one question about your life and how it turned out, I think this is from Armchair, actually. It is from Armchair. Thank I you so much. Here. We're going <laughs> to steal it. Um, so if you could ask your future self one question about how your, your life turned out, what would you want to know? Allie, you go first. Oh, no. This, no. This is very No, hard. okay. This is hard. Krista, you go first. Okay. I have more than one. Oh, Okay, maybe I want to hear all of them, Allie. But, okay, I think mine would be... Wait, I knew this two seconds ago. Mine would be... How would I phrase it? I would want to know, like... Was I, like, content with how everything turned out? Like, was I, like, content with the choices that I made? And do I feel... Basically, like, do I have any, like, major regrets? I think that would be nice. If we could know that day to day, that would be nice. Right? Yeah. I feel like contentness is such a, to do the secret sauce hand again, (laughs) I feel like it's such a difficult thing to define in the first place, let alone quantify or measure. It is, but I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's easier to measure or think about than, like, happiness. Because I feel like happy is so... I don't know. It changes a lot. But I feel like content, I just mean, like, yeah, like, 
am I just okay with how things turned out? And I don't want to have any major regrets. So like, yeah, it seems like a reflection of regret. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. That's a good one. I think I'm gonna hop in here before you, Allie. I think mine, I just thought of this, this earlier today, but I think for me, it's like, am I eating or drinking something that's gonna kill me? So I have a real fear of like getting cancer or diabetes or something from like, I really love candy. Like, am I going to give myself to, should I stop doing that is why I'm asking. Like, that's, that's why I want to know. That's a good yeah. one. Which I like how one of my bad, it is. Yes. Which one of my bad habits is going to come back to bite me? That's what mm. I want to know. That one's better. Cause that's also like, am I wearing enough sunscreen? Like, right. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm absolutely wearing enough sunscreen, but <laughs> Um, what am I eating out of my trash diet that's going to just destroy me later in life? I would love to know. Interesting. Yeah, the the content thing is interesting because I feel like some of the best advice I've been given is, like, don't get too high, don't get too low. Like, really, mm. like, you can definitely appreciate, like, the high, happy, really intense, joyful moments, but, like, it's going to come back around. And I feel like being content is right in the middle. It's like you're not mm-hmm. super emotionally charged, but you're also not trying to fundamentally fix anything. You're not addressing any issues. Like you accept the things you can't control. So it's like right down the middle. So I actually would rather be content more than I would rather be like blissfully happy because I feel like that's not a true representation. Like that's not, su- neither way is sustainable, right? Right. I feel like being content Absolutely. is like the most sustainable emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a good one. I think mine would be like, where, where do you wish you were more present? Like looking back at like life, what, what stands out is like, man, I wish I soaked that in more or like, I wish Mm -hmm. I just stood there and just like was present and didn't think about what was next on your to-do list or like what other people thought or like all those little chatter, like the little chatter that happens when you zone out in the moment. I'm very good at that too good at that so yeah i think it's a that's good one i would ask that's such a good one maybe i'll steal that one <laughs> okay that's a good one it's a good one <laughs> okay well i think that that's uh i think that's it for today so cheers cheers thanks for cheers. listening bye bye